Live from the HMD studio, it's Stay Busy with Armand Sadler. Welcome to another edition of Stay Busy with Armand Sadler, where we have responsible discussions on the music business and the music culture. I am your host, head honcho, Armand Sadler, a.k.a. Vegan Chody So Poppy, a.k.a. founder of Bald Nigga Ballers, a.k.a. the real and the only Armand Sadler. Kind of cool that I can claim I'm the only Armand Sadler <laughs> Finally. in the world. Shout out to my guy Franklin, who works at Meta, helped me get these impersonator accounts out of the paint. Fuck y'all. <laughs> Find something better to do. Than be me. I, I I know it's enticing. I know I got a great voice. I'm, I'm making baldies more fashionable than Michael Jordan ever did. But find something else to do. I'm not here alone. I'm here with my guy who has all his hair. What waves might I add? Who, hey, wavy. <laughs> listen, listen. We've been we've been we've been uh, taking our biotin. You know, what I'm saying getting our getting our hair and nails mm, right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> no, I'm glad no. it's working for you. That should not work for me. <laughs> <laughs> This is getting to that age, brother. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. We can laugh about it. What's up, y'all? Nick Early, executive producing co-host and stay busy. Super glad to be here today. It's been nice. You know, we love our guests. Mm-hmm. We love our guests, but mm-hmm. it's nice to kind of just be back and just chopping it up. You Dynamic know? duo vibes. <laughs> but uh, January was very good to us. We want to thank Nick Watkin, Rosecrans, Vic, and Talia Elitzer from God Mode for joining the Busyverse and bringing their expertise. Mm-hmm. So make sure you t- listen to all those episodes. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And also tell a friend that Busy Sessions, we have now extracted the individual performances to be their own videos on YouTube. We yep. have a playlist for you where they can be easily accessed. So the Eric Penn episodes, Sink and Sand. Shout out to Def Penn for the recognition on that. Once again, you can hear that and you can hear potentially we might have something upcoming for y'all potentially real real soon uh my review of gunna's drip season forever is live on hip-hop that's right you can check that out um if you want to argue debate my mentions my quotes i might not respond to you but (laughs) feel free i love the engagement it'll just make more people see it and help our uh our clicks on our site website Mm -hmm. traffic a busy black business month is coming up so feel free to DM or email us any black businesses that you would like to highlight. We have a slew of amazing guests for you all that are doing their thing in their respective fields. So very excited for Black History Month and busy black businesses month. I want to shout out the listeners tapping back in for season three. Yeah. Whether you like ordinary people or all of me, alley oops or deep threes, PB and J or grilled cheese, jambalaya <laughs> okay. or shout out to my Jamaicans, rice and peas. Okay. 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 So John, shout out to John. Mm-hmm. Ordinary people, all me. All me was a bigger hit, I believe, mm-hmm. but from numbers wise. Mm-hmm. But like we, you know, we talked about this before a long time ago. But ordinary people, like it just hits mm-hmm. differently. It yeah. just hits differently. So yeah. I'm gonna go with uh, ordinary people. 
this is an interesting comparison to to get into our board the board meeting we're going to talk about. Right. It's in, like the song we got introduced to John mm-hmm. Legend yes. from, and then the newer, bigger hit. Yes. But I, I think a lot of people would probably put Ordinary People above All of Me just because it was a lot of people's like, this is how I met John Legend right. musically. So, right, right, right. No, I agree. A little foreshadowing. It, for it, got, it got that. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. It's like, mm-hmm. Alley-oops or Deep Threes. And oop, man, we got to throw it up top. With the, the anticipation when you see a two-on-one off the fast break and mm-hmm. you know the dude gets the, uh, you know, throws the ball out, mm-hmm. dribbling, and you just see him <laughs> throw it up. Yeah. So I love oops. Yeah, they are more entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for me as a, I'm, I'm not, I'm not as good at basketball as, as my co-host here. I don't know if y'all know, na- national champion here. Um, but uh, one thing that I was pretty good at my 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 corner three was lethal. I'm not going front. Like <laughs> on a good day, I'm knocking them down. So I do appreciate a good deep three. It's like if you're the type of player that someone has to pick you up at half court and yeah. like really yeah, like yeah. lock in, like I can't give them no space. It's it. I, I love that. I, that's one of my favorite things about this new era of basketball. Is like these shooters are just their range is crazy. So yeah, I, th- I think I'd, I'd go deep threes myself. Okay. PB and J grilled cheese. Yo, so PB and J, I actually really didn't didn't care for it as a kid, mm-hmm. like at all. I yeah. the, It was a, it was a, I don't know, a texture thing. I wasn't really a texture kid, but that that one texture it was mm-hmm. just not. This wasn't giving. Yeah. Um. But I guess you know, as I outgrew it, as I got older, I was like, okay, it's all right. Mm-hmm. I mean. But nah, I ain't eating no PB and J, bro. We we've, we've graduated past that. <laughs> so, but grilled cheese, run that. Hits, hits. Run that anytime. As a, as a youth, no matter where we went, Houston's Cheesecake Factory. If we went, we went out for sushi. I was ordering grilled cheese every at the sushi bar, bro. Everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> Six year old Armand. I remember we were in California. We were going to some great restaurants in San Fran. Yeah, I was like, yo. Grilled cheese, me please. Can, can I get grilled cheese? Mommy, ask them if they got grilled cheese, and they will make it for me. So, wow! I appreciate the people who have bread and cheese in their in their kitchen <laughs> and can actively make a young Armand grilled cheese when I wanted it. Right, jambalaya or rice and peas. Now, jambalaya and rice and peas. So, I feel like this one's. Do we do it for the rhyme? So, we always do always, it for the rhyme. Do it for the vine. Do it for the right, rhyme. right. But this one to me is a little bit hard to compare because jambalaya is like to me a meal by itself, mm-hmm. like yeah. it's its own thing. Mm-hmm. And then rice and peas, you know, of course, shout out me, y'all, them. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a side, yeah, you know, it, 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 it accompanies oxtail. Right, right. It, it accompanies curry goat. It accompanies something. If you, but this, I will say though, too, as a Jamaican, there are certain things that you do not eat rice and peas with, such as stew peas. If you're eating stew peas and mm-hmm. rice and peas, that's too many peas. Yeah, that's it's too, too many yeah, peas. Yeah. You're pushing it, too many peas. <laughs> Every time with a dad joke, every single time. My God! I, honestly, my my power terrifies me. I'm getting very, very good at these dad jokes. Tom Brady's retirement news came out. I was like, "Wow, this is very deflating for you." <laughs> if you remember, to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. So, uh, yeah, no. So, stew peas, uh, mm-hmm. white rice. Mm-hmm. Curry chicken to me is a white rice dish. Mm. Every time, curry chicken, white rice, mm-hmm. stew peas, white rice. Okay. Oxtail, you could do rice and peas. Yeah, I think oxtail and white rice is weird to me. Mm. That doesn't even sound right. It's interesting. Jerk yeah. chicken, mm-hmm. rice and peas. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. all that to say, yeah, definitely I'm gonna go with rice and peas. Mm-hmm. Got to be loyal. <laughs> had uh, had jambalaya. I think this was my first time having it. Having it at uh, the previous Super Bowl. Ish, Ish came by the crib, made some jambalaya. It was great. Shout out to Shout Ish. Out Ish, Ish, is, Ish is special in the kitchen. Like, if we had to do Alpha Chapter rankings of chefs, oh. you, you're on there, of course. 
Carlton is on there. But Shut Ish up. Ish is up there too. Ish, Ish Okay, Ish, hold on. Yeah, but, but Ish don't be cooking with no swine. Ish don't be Right. And that's the thing. That's the thing. Ish says hundred percent of people who eat swine die. Like hundred percent of people die. We all die, bro. This is not a good argument. <laughs> love you, Ish. Love you. Of course oh, we gotta shout out our guy, VP of everything, Kieran Hurley, holding it down. The man that you cannot see, but you can feel it. And if you see him in you might not see him because he's currently in Providence dealing with the snow, is going crazy up there. So you literally may not be able to see him through, you know, the, <laughs> the sheets of snow. Yeah, yeah, it's wild up here. And of course, the HMD studio, Camden, holding it down as always. My guy, yo, I text him. I was like, yo, is is the studio closed? He's like, nigga, no, fuck out of here. <laughs> we got money to make. I was like, shit, bet we gonna be there. And so here we are, braving the elements, so we can get into this chat for you all. Quite a lot to talk about to start. Spotify is removing Neil Young's catalog after his objections to Joe Rogan's vaccine misinformation on his podcast. Uh, man, I, you know, th- this, is, this is really interesting. I, I definitely applaud Neil Young's stance on this. He, he wrote two letters, one letter saying like, this, right. this is your, your ultimatum. You either take my music down or you take Joe Rogan off your platform. And Spotify, with Joe Rogan being... They, they've had the exclusive rights to him for years. His podcast, one of the biggest podcasts in the world. They're like, damn, hate to see it, but we taking all your music down. This. And Neil Young, like 60 to 70% of his revenue comes from his Spotify yes, stream. So exactly. it's like, damn, it's crazy to see. And it's like, you know, Spotify, I, I speak very highly of them. Obviously, I, I love that. That's my primary music listening app. But just kind of see them be unwilling to, you know, uh, to understand where Neil Young is coming from and possibly somehow intervene in Joe Rogan just p- putting this nonsense out into the air. It's really crazy to see, man. It's Are you uh, surprised, though? No, not at all. Oh, okay. I mean, this is business. <laughs> this is like, capitalism. It's like, yo. I was like, like, are you surprised? Joe Rogan's making us a lot of money, so sorry, Neil Young. I was like, <laughs> damn, bro. Like, it's just, they just it was like, swatted him like a fly. Right. Like, oh, die, peace. <laughs> hey, what did it say? It was like, uh, we're excited for when you can return. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like, like, you can come back if you want, we're but like, like, we're going to be good regardless. <laughs> <laughs> wicked. Oh, Lord. Wicked, wicked stuff. Um, it was an interview this week Kanye West did. I forget who he did it with, but... um. You know, I, if you all remember the episode with Kojo where we talked about the Free Larry Hoover benefit concert, I went on that six-minute rant, and we were just talking about Drake and Kanye and people making the concert a fake versus battle and all that. Kanye revealed that Drake wrote his set list for the concert. Are we surprised? Drake is one of the most giving, generous people out here. Lead the league in scoring, but look at his assists. Look at that. <laughs> look at that. So all of the speculation, all of the commotion, all the battle talk, it can be deaded. Drake ensured that Kanye would perform his best, and he even made it easier for him by only performing mostly certified Love Boy stuff right. and songs from 2018 and onward. So, wow. Kanye riding this wave of momentum, Grammy nominations, run running around with Julia Fox and all that, has <laughs> announced that Donda 2 will be coming on February 22nd, 2022, Executive produced by Future, and I would have doubted it if an interview this week with Stephen Victor by my boy Jordan Jordan Rose for Complex, shout out to him, Stephen Victor confirmed that they, Donda 2 is in the works. Now, in the works does not mean that it'll be coming in February. I'm still very skeptical skeptical of it, to <laughs> right. be honest. This is Kanye West. He, he, will, he will announce a date, and then he'll pump fake. 
So, you know, will it come? I don't know. Executive Bruce by Future, though, great move, man. He's, he's right now, what he is doing running around with Antonio Brown and Game and all these people that are very polarizing, very problematic to some, but also very popular. He's getting it back into people's good graces so well. The man is a, a mad scientist. It's, right. it's crazy to right, see. Right. So, um, you know, will Donda 2 come? Then I doubt it, but you know, I uh, am. Am I looking forward to it? I'm. I'm. I am interested in what the direction will be for this project, especially right. with Future being at the helm. Now, some people have executive produced projects before, and it's like sometimes it's difficult to see where their imprint is on it. But I don't know. Uh, this could be different, so we'll see. I don't know. Some exciting news: uh, Jasmine Sullivan, who we've spoken highly of on the podcast, announced that her deluxe album to Hotels called Hotels Motels the Deluxe is coming this February eleventh. Yeah, gr- amazing title. And what I love about it is a deluxe not coming immediately after the initial release. Long time, yeah. She's not chasing platinum numbers, streaming all that. She's. The, I, I feel like this is going to be an artistic extension of exactly. the narrative that exactly. we were already given on Hotels, which was really all you can ask for from a deluxe. Either continue the story, add to the story, or just give some good music. And I think good music is undeniable here, but I'm looking forward to... What what else she has to say? What what more hotels right. <laughs> will be present here? <laughs> I'm actually really real quick. I'm, I'm really fascinated by this because I'm well, not fascinated, but I was like, that's genius because letting you know with the, the COVID and everything and mm-hmm. timings of touring and everything with that, like releasing the album year later, come back and then give deluxe right going into the tour. Mm-hmm. That's that's making it yeah you know exciting again, which mm-hmm. is so I think so smart. Yeah. Great great move from the team. Mm-hmm. Creative decisions are business decisions. Come like on we now. Just said last week with Talia Litzer. Uh to get into some new music. New <laughs> wow, I'm talking crazy to this today. New music for the weekend. LMA is back, baby. She dropped her new single D F M-U, and she announced that the sophomore era is here, so we can be expecting her sophomore album very soon. How do you feel about the record? Um, Uh Uh-oh. I I respect Ella. I think, you know, it's it's, it's not easy being trying to be one of the girls. Mm. I I do think that I love the production. Yeah. I love the production on that part. It's dark. Like, it's a really great beat. Her melodies were were very nice and enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I'm just not captured by her voice. Yeah, I'm not captured by her her delivery mm-hmm. because it, it's it's too static for me. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely some improvement there, but still, like everything else, really good. It's just her vocals. You listen, you hear her try to go on runs. You hear her try to do different things. You're like, ah, the effort. I appreciate it, but the 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 way it lands. Seven out of ten, six out of ten. Like you know, it's kind of like when they grade gymnastics. When you, if if you're sticking the landing, she don't be sticking the landings, which is unfortunate. But I do think, yeah, it is a good song. This is probably, oh, she cause she dropped a few records. Like not another love song came out maybe like remember. last year. I, and, I do actually, yes, I do remember yeah, that song. And she had the the song with Usher, but like this is probably the best of the few things she's the dropped. Usher joins hard. Yeah, yeah. that's the Usher song though. Yeah, right, exactly. So. um it's it's exciting to hear from her. You know, taking such a long break as a new artist is it's a gamble. But Huge. like we talked about in Make or Break, if you take a break, come back with something different. I liked the the dark edge to the to the production. Her music sounds a little more mature. It sounded I think. yeah, it sounded more like I, I a little more grown. Yeah, yeah, because her her debut album, which I I did, I did really Solid like, album, yeah. um, it sounded like a, a bright eyed new artist to an right, extent. Like right. a lot of it was it was like cute. Not I don't want to use that like as an insult, but it was just like cute 
good music. I, I feel like it was brighter. Like, yeah, it brighter was for sure. Brighter. For sure. It was. I think that's what a, a debut is supposed to feel like. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to feel brighter, open. Here I am. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. But yeah, that that whole situation. I, I think it was was dope. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. So, shout out to you, L. Um, going into midnight of uh, New Music Friday, I got I saw an email that said Benny the Butcher featuring J Cole. I was about uh-huh. to go to sleep, <laughs> and I opened my phone and I opened YouTube immediately to watch the music video for Johnny P's Caddy. I I've spoken very highly of Benny on the podcast, I, and I think you know this record. For him to have held his own on a record with Jake Cole and a record with Drake, Buffalo Freestyle, that's been floating around the internet. Um, you know, it's it's a big salute to Benny. Great rapper. Love his rap voice. L- I love the storytelling here. Um, but Jake Cole came in and spazzed. I'm like, wow. <laughs> wow. I need to hear. I haven't heard it yet. I, mm. I, I'm going to get to it. But Yeah. He, uh, he spazzed. He said, like, I might go to hell if I ask Jesus for a feature. Like, he was he, he was talking crazy. He, he was <laughs> Cole be talking. Like, when Cole, feature Cole is just I love Feature Cole, and you know I'm really glad he uh, back in 2019 when he put out uh, "Family and Loyalty" with Gangstar. He said this would be the last feature you all would hear from me, and I was like, "Like, do you mean before the off season? Do you mean like forever?" And then now he's doing features again. Thank God, because Feature Cole, he's he's up there he's in he's the different. pantheon of feature artists. <laughs> the pantheon like, for sure. <laughs> Lil Wayne, Jay Z, right? Um, Ghostface Killer. Yeah, he's, J. He's J. Cole different. is up there. Like you he's see, different. featuring J. Cole, you know you're about to hear something crazy. Right, right, right. He delivered here, so really, really great rap record. Uh, real quick, Babyface Ray dropped his album Face. I really enjoyed it. The album opened with a uh, sample yeah. of t- Timbaland and Coldplay. <laughs> Apologize. No, it's not Coldplay. One Republic. One Republic. I'm sorry. Ryan Tedder. One Republic. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no disrespect to y'all, but hearing that, I was like, oh, I'm in. I'm in. Like to to flip that into a rap record. Like Babyface Ray has a very unique rap style it's like if, if you're not used to that or if you're not a fan of that then you probably couldn't have listened to the whole project but like for me i think it's I, you know i i kind of had a feeling you you weren't gonna vibe with it I like tried. that um but for me i was like you know and this is my first time and like i've listened to him before but listening to a full project of his so i kind of went into it like i don't know what to expect and i was like oh this is this is good and it's really good like there was a lot of songs i ended up saving um so i, I look i'm i'm excited to do a deep dive through his discography as a result of this um real quick on this well may not be real quick uh kyle <laughs> Newly Independent uh, dropped his uh, latest album, It's Not So Bad, this past weekend. I got it early, and so I was like really tapped, and I, I, I like Kyle, and I thought the album was really good. I of of his full albums that I've listened to, I think this could be his uh, his best work. But we were talking about this before we got on. Like, mm-hmm. there's just something he kind. Kyle has the. I want. I don't want to say unfortunate, but it kind of is unfortunate. Is. Like, no, when, it is. Well, when your breakout hit is like too catchy, almost like memeable, almost like popcorn type music, yeah, that's all people are gonna think about when they hear you. Yeah. So, what Kyle's introduction to a lot of us was the the I Spy song, mm-hmm. which I didn't really think was that good. And it was like this this well, for I those who don't remember I Spy with my little eye, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I it's kind of like. It's just like, oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, he put out new music, cool, but do I really want to tap in because is it going to be more stuff like that? And it's not. Like, there's the, there's some really dope stuff on here, some really good production. Uh, I, I do think he raps well, but, you know, he's just always going to be living in the shadow of what he got known for, and that's a meme-type song, which is, you know. <laughs> it's so strange, too, because his last project, I actually enjoyed it. But yeah. I, it, the, what I was saying, too, when I was telling Armand, y'all, is like, 
I found this strange feeling every time I hear his names. Like you said, it's just mm-hmm. like I want to give him a chance. Like, oh yeah, no, he makes serious music. Mm-hmm. Like he makes serious music that is good. But there's something that I can't dissociate mm-hmm. from that sort of like yeah. that that image. So I mm-hmm. don't know. But nonetheless, this I heard a few songs in this project. It was mm-hmm. it was uh, you know I didn't get to finish it, so I mm-hmm. can't speak towards it every mm-hmm. pretty much. But it was it was not bad. But this next album we're about to talk about R and B R and B. Talk about setting the bar high in January. We got. Debut album, Three Dimensions Deep from Amber Mark, 17-song record. Uh, no features on there, and they were not necessary at all. Really enjoyed this. Vocally, she is great. Nick's played on the podcast a few times. Uh, I love the song Cosmic. Um, of course, the the single well, What It Is is great. Uh, I'm trying to remember the other ones that I really liked. but um, Man, I just, I just love when a project makes the singles hit even harder. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Man, I'm going to let you finish because I, <laughs> I have a whole situation um, I want to talk about this project with. Most Men, Healing Hurts, uh, FOMO, on right. and on. Like, There's a lot of different type of stuff here. I love when R&B artists don't just stick to one type of song. Like, There's, there's, yep. there's variation. All here. the pockets. You're, you're not going to be like sitting in a vibe the entire time there's this upbeat stuff your your spirit's gonna get lifted and then you know you might get brought into your bag but it's just different it's a lot of different stuff and i think she has a very very bright future this is this is up there with and this the women have been killing like of course the women have been killing it but for me having heard this this is up there with some of the big notable releases that we've gotten you know the last few years yeah, i agree snow allegra's joint Ari Lennox is drinking summer stuff. Like she's Amber Mark is about to leave her mark. No. <laughs> oh. Why you do that leading into my Candy, why he do that leading into my freaking point on it? Anyways. Yeah. But no, what there's a few things I want to say about Amber Mark. One, I've been playing her on this pod for days. So I've been trying to tell y'all about her. Mm-hmm. Those who didn't listen or those who were like, eh, no. She's it. Mm-hmm. One. Two, what I really enjoyed about this project is that she gets, she has that uh, nostalgic sound. You can tell where her her tastes come from musically. Mm-hmm. It is that real music stuff. Her vocals are great. The songwriting is very strong. Uh, I was I was listening to it and just like, man, when's the last time I enjoyed just a project? Just listening to every song, mm. I enjoyed it. Like yeah. just, it was a real. I just kind of took it for what it was and let it just you know let the wave wash over you. Mm-hmm. It was amazing, man. Loved how the singles were sequenced. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed too. Her subject matter is so different. Like she has, she has several songs that are like uplifting mm-hmm. on this project. That the, where the 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 lyrics are coaching and, and you know or trying to lift you up as mm-hmm. a, as a person and that's kind of a little bit about what the project is about. Her you know get conquering self doubt and things of that nature. And so it was just nice to refreshing to hear different topics mm-hmm. on on dope beats and she I think what was cool about her is that you kind of if you are familiar with her sound you mm-hmm. know what she goes to naturally mm-hmm. but it was cool she had a few songs on there they were a little more trap and beat a little yeah, more commercial and I'm yeah. like that's right yeah. let them know that I'm I can do what y'all do yeah I don't I don't do it all the time but I mm-hmm. can do what y'all do so to me this is if this is anything y'all should understand that she has all the potential mm-hmm. to go as far as she can go mm-hmm. and. She definitely should start to be considered one of the girls to yeah, me, 100%, in my mind. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like I saw, I think the thing for me is like I didn't know how how many people knew about her, and I saw like industry people, casual music listeners that I engaged with on the timeline. Everyone was talking about this product. It's like okay, like this is 
Because making making an impact, which is good, which is really good to see. Because she, just her name alone, like you hear, people might not know who she is like that, like for real. So it's like, all right, like she's one of those next up. She's making music that puts her in in that class. Um, So yeah, definitely, definitely, uh, definitely enjoyed that. Lastly, Nija, who is a popular songwriter, wrote on No Guidance, wrote on a bunch of, was on the uh, Lion King project that Beyonce put out. She put out her debut EP, Don't Say I Didn't Warn You. Ten songs, uh, no features here. I really enjoyed it. I was was gonna tweet this and I was like, let me save it for the pod. This is like high level modern R&B because she does, people are calling it like drill and B or R and drill, whatever they're saying. R and drill. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's, it's dance stuff. It's stuff that you could hear out, but her songwriting is impeccable. Her vocals are really good. So she's kind of bridging that gap. I Mm -hmm. think this is something that, you know, the older people can, can appreciate. And also this will like do well commercially. So yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I only really got to hear it like once, but ended up saving a lot of songs. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, for her to break out from being just recognized as a songwriter to now putting out her own stuff. That's I love moments like that where like Muni Long, for example, who's been money. I realize money. Money long, get it? Money long, perfect. I felt wow. so goofy when I re- when I <laughs> when I figured it out. I was like, yeah. "It's money." Wow, wow. Yeah, the the, the spelling, the spelling was yeah, totally yeah. off. But you know, she's having an incredible moment. Wongo interviewed her for uh, nice. Rocks. Shout out to my guy Wongo. What up, Wongo? But uh, I, I, it's dope seeing her have this huge moment now. And now Nisha is having her own. Like these R and B, there's no shortage of good R and B music from the women these days, and a lot of people are breaking out of the shadows and doing their thing. So I, I love to see it. Really enjoy this. So yeah, uh, it it was an unexpected but very very good release weekend on the rap side. Yeah. And the R&B side. So a lot for y'all to tap into, just like our employee of the month's content that you should be tapping into. Devon Terrell, owner of HMD Studios, co-host on the Need to Know podcast, singer, songwriter. He did another TikTok, which I enjoy. He's been killing TikTok recently. He did a, <laughs> he did a flip of the Friends theme. I'll be there for Yeah, I've never like, seen it, an episode he, of Friends. <laughs> Uh, I've seen some. It wasn't like that great, but it, it was cool. But yeah, he 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 did a flip on that, which is really good, really funny. Like uh, I I can't say it enough. Follow him, enjoy his TikToks, check out his music. Uh, Devon is doing his thing. Let's jump into the slide deck. The best song wasn't the single, but you weren't either. All right, so. We have some slides for you. What did you bring for the people, good brother? I found this artist, and I'm creating a theory, and I didn't even realize it, but I'm going to be diving deeper into Amsterdam artists, the music that's coming out of Amsterdam, mm. specifically. Mm. I played Riemann the other day, mm-hmm. realized that she's from Amsterdam, or she's a base out of there. Mm-hmm. And this artist, Latanya Alberto, mm. is based out of Amsterdam as well. Mm. The song is... Futurity? I don't know how to pronounce that word. Futurity? Hmm. Future, but itty? Futurity. Futurity <laughs> by Latanya Alberto, produced by Rafael Devante and Emmanuel Amanu Nizer. Let's tap it. Why are you such a homebody? Though your sense of home invades my house, you are not my home, buddy. Stop. 
Yo, I was having... Uh. Guys, can we figure it out? <laughs> the girls are going nuts. <laughs> they're going nuts worldwide. Yeah. Worldwide, they're going in. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. That, I, one, vocals. Yeah. Two, live production. Mm-hmm. I, I'm missing horns. Mm-hmm. I miss horn arrangements in, in songs. It and gave I gave me uh, her carried away vibes uh-huh. hearing it. Yeah. 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 It's dope. No, see, that, I just love this. Love this. Love this. Love this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Latanya. Yes. Yeah. Definitely need to tap in for charity. Uh, what did I bring? I brought a record. Uh, this is by someone who I met uh, like for 2017, summer 17. She is the friend of my cousin's wife. And I didn't know she was doing music. She just put out music recently. Um, this is called Fuera de Control, bilingual, you know, if you know the vibes, by Digi Ania, um, produced by Junk. So let's tap into Fuera de Control. <laughs> Como tu mamacita, tan calmadita Nobody makes me feel this way Nobody makes me nervous Nobody makes me sweat Absolutely. Busy and bilingual, you feel me? <laughs> okay. You feel me? Absolutely. Yeah, love that. Love I love when artists can seamlessly switch between languages and records. Upbeat production there. It's something that uh-huh. I can I, I can hit my bachata, my my, my merengue <laughs> to you feel me. I will be practicing. I'm I'm nice with it. I'm nice with it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she's dope. She's dope. She only got two songs out, but uh, I tapped into both. I was like, oh, I, I, I like this. I, I like her. Nice, nice. Talented, nice. super talented. So looking forward to hearing more from you, Digi. Um, but yeah, you all can check out the slides on our Slide Deck playlist on all platforms. Hit the link tree in our IG or Twitter bio. Artist, listeners, if you would like a slide added to the deck, you want to let us know someone that we should be paying attention to in 2022. DM us on social media. Yes, please. Email do. us at staybusypod at gmail.com. Art thou prepared for the board meeting? Am I? No, of course. <laughs> I was like, are you sure? <laughs> we we, we got to re- postpone the board meeting. Right now. Um, so, really interesting article that uh, Nick sent to me this week. And uh, I think this is a, I think this is a conversation that's needed to happen for quite some time. And 
we're having it here. It's what we do on Stay Busy. So, an article is written by Ted Joya, uh, who writes the music and pop culture newsletter, The Honest Broker, on Substack. He's also the author of 11 books, including most recently, Music, A Subversive History. Article is titled, Is Old Music Killing New Music? This article is available on The Atlantic. Um, so, my first thoughts, when literally just reading the title, I was like, yeah, it probably is. You know, I mm-hmm. think we as consumers have this natural desire or inclination to go back to old things. Look at all these movies that are reboots, shows that are reboots. A lot of the popular songs are samples of older music. Like, you know, we, we, everyone's, uh, thinks they're born in the wrong generation. They should have been born in the (laughs) nineties. Like we just have this, is proclivity the right word? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to this proclivity to <laughs> these to, brothers, <laughs> your, the brother, the proclivities. <laughs> we have this, we have this proclivity to yeah. um, revert back to old things. So it would not surprise me if you know older music is moving better than new music right now, and whether it's sales or also its impact. I mean, we talk so much about these new albums and these new songs that come out and, you know, whether the the quality is lower or not, like one of the things that said when an album drops or a song drops is it's, it's forgettable. It could have millions of streams, right? but things just aren't impacting the culture the way that they did. Like, you know, early two thousands usher drops. You don't have to call. It's heater. It, it's a missile. And to this day, it is still <laughs> something that we like, we think about, you hear it and it just, it just does something to you. Whereas now, the Billboard number one song you might not have ever heard, and I, even if you heard it, you if you whether you like it or not, you it might be forced on you in a commercial or something. But it's, it's like these things just don't have the shelf life. Let's see what the, the Billboard number one song is right now. I don't even know. Uh, if I had to guess, it might be something from hmm, what is it? Is it and from that Encanto soundtrack? That, 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 that joint it's it's easy on me, Adele. Adele, huh? Okay. Second is we don't talk about Bruno. I've never heard it. And again, I don't want to say never heard it as if that minimizes right, right, the song's right, right, right. impact because there there's a world of music listeners beside us. I think that's something that, and this is not related to board me, but I think that's something a lot of music listeners and fans and critics need to understand is like just because you haven't heard it just because you don't like it it doesn't mean it's not important or not impactful like there's a world of people besides you 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 are not the dictator of what is popping in the world so yeah but anyways to get back to this topic um yeah i mean easy on me is it's all it's very good it's 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 got sinks it's it's adele but like adele adele's (laughs) gonna adele um but i think you know this is a definitely a larger conversation to have in the article addressed a lot of interesting things i think in terms of timeliness uh, the Grammys, the, the article brought mm-hmm. up, you know, it says the recent reaction when the Grammys were post- postponed, people don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, people people <laughs> do not care. <laughs> this, is, this is the biggest award show in, in music. This is the, the music Super Bowl. And people could have cared less. Yeah, like, yeah. could have, could not have, could not have cared less. I feel like both work. Because, like, I care so little, but, like, I could care less. Right, yeah. But, like, I could not have cared less. Like, yeah. I didn't have any less cares to give. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, 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 specifically, it says the cultural response was little more than a yawn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Ted was right. Ted, you was yeah, right in here, Ted, bro. <laughs> Ted's pen, he, 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 he left Season. no... 
he, he did not waste any ink. But he said, you know, he follows thousands of music professionals on social media, and he didn't encounter a single expression of annoyance or regret that the biggest annual event in new music had been put on hold. Especially in 2021, viewership for the ceremony collapsed 53% from the previous year. 53% from the previous year. That's half, yeah. More than half. 18.7 million to 8.8 million. It was the least watched Grammy broadcast of all time. And he drew a good parallel saying, like, if the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals were postponed, people would raise hell. They'd probably threaten Adam Silver or or Roger Goodell. Right. Like, we saw, even during the pandemic, when the basketball season had to be canceled and then restarted, people was mad. It's like, yo, people want them to play through a a national crisis. Like, (laughs) Grammys, we don't care, bro. Just just to tell us who won. We don't need the show. So it is really crazy to, uh, to, to, to think about. And... I, I guess for you, this is interesting to think about too. Being a, an, an artist, a, a talented artist who, who's coming up in, in the space, knowing that you could put out a, a missile and yeah. it could be, you know, numbers, all that, but people gonna be like, I want to go back to Lord knows, I, I, I want to go back to circles, which which happens, <laughs> right? <All of> the, <laughs> which has already happened for me, and I, I think it was interesting too. When you, uh, Ted was talking about uh, the you know new music being considered or like what was it older music being considered like 18 months old and Mm -hmm. so that's when it gets you know starts to become older music Mm -hmm. and how you know just the different threats that there are in the environment right Mm -hmm. now for new artists trying to get out and he goes just and lays them out just Mm -hmm. consistently one being radio Mm -hmm. two being the technology situation three being the way we're not even viewing tv and music and then he made this crazy analogy um at the end of the article or middle towards the end of the article talking about um he he speaks uh he says decades ago the composer eric Satie warned of the arrival of quote furniture music oh yes yes yes. a a kind (laughs) of song that would blend seamlessly into the background of our lives Mm -hmm. so he was going to the point of you know when the reason why in the argument he he starts the article talking about like he was at some restaurant and Mm -hmm. people were playing no everyone was like under 30 but the songs were over 40 years old and he just (laughs) asked the waitress like hey why y'all got this music playing Mm -hmm. and she was just oh oh like I love this music. I mm-hmm. love these songs. And so he speaks to a lot of very thorough article. Please read mm-hmm. this if you have a chance. Yeah. Uh, he talks about, you know, just the rise of vinyl sales. Mm-hmm. And so let's go through some of the trends that he had he spoke out about yeah. that I think are just very, very uh, imp- important and pertinent to what the situation is. So mm-hmm. the leading area of investment in the music business is old songs. So investment firms are getting into bidding wars uh, to buy publishing catalogs from aging rock stars, that, uh, aging rock and pop stars. So mm-hmm. recently, Ryan Tedder sold his pet catalog for like mm-hmm. 200 M's. John Legend. John Legend just recently sold his catalog. I don't know how many M's he sold that for. Yeah. A stupid amount probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's in the article has a, a list. So mm-hmm. Bob Dylan Song or recording rights sold since 2019. Partial list. (laughs) Bob Dylan, Whitney Houston, The Beach Boys, Dolly Parton, Neil Young, Shakira, Bad Company, David Coverdale. I don't know who that is, but probably a legend. Bruce Springsteen. We know that. David Crosby, Stevie Nicks, David Bowie, Barry Manilow, ZZ Top. Shout out Guitar Hero. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Lindsey Buckingham, (laughs) America, Paul Simon, Tina Turner, Ray Charles, John Legend, mm-hmm. James Brown catalog I saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that too. Yep. Taylor Swift, we know, was mm-hmm. not her choice, but Taylor mm-hmm. Swift, Molly Crew, and Mick Fleetwood. And that's a partial list. Mm-hmm. There, a lot of names that we know, right? Yeah. And so he, I, one of the arguments that he, uh, let's, I guess we can go through a few more of them. So he says the song catalogs in most demand are by musicians who are in their seventies and eighties, like mm-hmm. Bob Dylan, Paul Simon, and already dead, mm-hmm. David Bowie, James Brown. 
He said major record labels are participating in the rush into old music. Universal, Sony, Warner, and others are buying up publishing catalogs and investing huge sums into old tunes. Mm-hmm. In the previous time, that money would have been used to launch new artists. Yep. What I think that was a great point to point out. Yeah. And so just for context for other folks, when people, the reason why people purchase catalogs or even sell their catalogs is that syncs and other opportunities to put the music somewhere it, that those royalties is just worth it, they're gold mines yeah they're gold mines yeah. ryan tedder sold his catalog for 200 million dollars mm-hmm. and it was probably worth way more yeah that's just to show you you know when you have a lot of songs running getting a campaign with a <laughs> with a company anything like that like putting that music in different places is just <coughs> a huge huge uh, cash cow for these companies yeah so another one the best physical selling format in in the music industry right now is vinyl LP. Mm-hmm. Vinyls are going crazy. Yeah. Vinyl sales have risen uh, significantly, mm-hmm. and, and so he's also he talks about like he used to consult. He says, and when he used to consult for these Fortune five hundred companies, the main thing that he saw is that no one wanted to. The difference between the successful companies and companies that weren't successful is that the successful companies were looking at new ways to do old business, if you will, like new methods of doing business. And that's something that he's critiquing the music industry for not taking any ownership of, of trying to find new ways to to develop the industry just Mm -hmm. instead of resting on their laurels. You want to talk about a few more? Yeah, man. Some things that stuck out to me, uh, he said, record labels, once a source of innovation in consumer products, don't spend any money on research and development to revitalize their business, although every other industry looks to innovation for growth and consumer excitement. Another thing, radio stations are contributing to the stagnation, putting fewer new songs into their rotation, or judging by the offerings on his satellite radio lineup, completely ignoring new music in favor of old hits, which is crazy, bro. When we were young, the radio was the thing that broke new music to us. New music. It was either the radio or 106 in Park or any music talk show. Like, they were... Their their popularity, their whole thing was like, yo, we got this new joint for you. And it was exactly. like, now it's like, I, I go and I'm hearing songs from like years ago. Like, and something I noticed on the radio too. I was like, yo, what, what? this is this is really weird. Like, what? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. The, the, usually you would get annoyed of new songs because they'd be right. playing them so often. Right. And now it's like, I'll hear Roddy Rich the Box three years right, old now. Right. I'll hear that all the time. Like, I'll hear stuff that I, it's, it's, it's very interesting. And I think, you know, a big part of it is, the rise of streaming and the rise of playlists. Playlists are now kind of the thing that's breaking new music. Yeah. But then there's the probably the more popular playlist on Spotify. I can't verify this, but it's probably I, I love the two thousands <laughs> throwback all joint. Of it, all of it. All that. So it's it's crazy. Um another point he made when a new song overcomes these obstacles and actually becomes a hit, the risk of copyright lawsuits is greater than ever before. The risks have increased enormously since the Blurred Lines jury decision of 2015, and the result is that additional cash gets transfer- transferred from today's musicians to old or deceased artists. I think this, this article was, was eye-opening, man. Um, you know, I, 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 I kind of feel like, and I would love your opinion on this, you know, not being that, we, we talk a lot about craft and we talk a yeah. lot about how a lot of artists benefit from triggering, triggering our nostalgia so that their music today can often be very referential. And when people figure out what they're referencing, they want to hear the original more than the, the new copy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, you'll hear someone sample something from the eighties and that's cool. Yeah. You want to go hear the song in the eighties. You might like the eighties song more than what, you know, the <laughs> artist did. The flip, so, yeah. so now you run in through that more than you're listening to the new stuff. It's, um, yeah, it's crazy, man. Like I, I, th- I think it, it's very fear-inducing. I think um, 
you know, I, I'm, I'm I'm never the type to be like, oh, labels are bad. The, 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 there are great labels out here. There, there are some that right. maybe don't move the right way. But to hear that, you know, they are more concerned about pushing older stuff, investing yeah. in older stuff than breaking new artists. It's like, yo, what, what what's going to happen here? Like, like what, what is music going to look like in five years if they're more concerned about pushing an album from 10 years ago or investing marketing into that then you know this new act who could be dope and could be really popping um so yeah it's, this is so much to get directly into, to your point mm -hmm. this this paragraph right here and i have to read it word for it because it's just so pertinent to what you're saying what's going to happen to the future of music and mm -hmm. when i read this i was like wow they just don't want to say it quote the problem goes deeper than just copyright concerns the people running the music industry have lost confidence in new music. They won't admit it publicly that they would be like that would be like the priests of Jupiter and Apollo in ancient Rome admitting that their gods are dead. Mm. Even if they know it's true, their job titles won't allow such a humble and abject confession. Mm. Yet that is exactly what's happening. The moguls have lost their faith in the redemptive and life-changing power of new music. How sad is that? Mm. Question mark. <laughs> Of course, the decision makers need to pretend that they still believe in the future of their business and want to discover the next revolutionary talent. But that's not what they really think. Their action speaks much louder than their empty words. Mm. In fact, nothing is less interesting to music executives than a completely radical new kind of music. <laughs> Who can blame them for feeling this way? The radio stations will play only songs that fit the dominant formulas, which haven't changed much in decades. Mm -hmm. The algorithms curating so much of our new music are even worse. Mm -hmm. Music algorithms are designed to be feedback loops, ensuring that the promoted new songs are virtually identical to your favorite old songs. Mm -hmm. Anything that generally breaks the mold is excluded from, considerable, uh, from consideration almost as a rule. That's actually how the current system has been designed to work. Mm -hmm. End quote. I'm, I just have. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? It, 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 <laughs> my mind is it's racing. Like, what? My mind is racing because I think about conversations that we've had about, like Griselda, for example. Right. How everyone's like, "Yo, they're restoring the feeling of rap." What's that feeling? That gritty '80s, '90s rap. You know, they're not mumble rappers. Right. Like, the music landscape, whether you're a critic, a fan, and an executive, people are so. There's this tension with embracing new stuff, innovation. Not to bring up Drake, but think about when Drake started doing Afrobeats. Everyone was like, why is he doing that? Culture, culture, blah, blah, blah. Every other popular artist started to do it themselves. Now it's the thing. You got to keep an Afrobeats track right. in, in the tuck. Right. We're, we're so opposed to innovation. And now, now, that, now that it's like there's tangible evidence that shows like there's more money in the older stuff. Yeah. It's very scary, bro. It's looking dark. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, looking it's, very it's, dark. It's grimy. It's grimy. He he speaks also too in the article about how newer artists are penalized, of course, mm -hmm. for being different. And mm -hmm. he goes into discuss. He says the state of affairs is not inevitable. A lot of musicians around the world, especially in Los Angeles and London, are conducting a bold dialogue between jazz and other contemporary styles. Mm -hmm. It's an example. They are even bringing jazz back as dance music. But the other songs they release are sound dangerously different from older jazz and are thus excluded from many radio stations that f for that same reason. Mm. The very boldness with which they embrace the future becomes the reason they get rejected by the gatekeepers. Yo, Ted, yo, yo, Ted, you need to write some music. I bet Ted, 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 Ted yeah, will have some heat. Bro. 
Yeah. The yeah. very boldness with which they embrace the future becomes the very reason they get rejected by gatekeepers. So he talks, he goes on to talk about, you know, this specifically this jazz uh, rate, especially like o- more older forms of music where mm-hmm. there needs to be the next iteration yeah. for, to push it forward. It talks about jazz and how jazz radio stations don't play uh, some of the newer jazz. How uh, country songs, it could it not be country enough, mm-hmm. i.e. Old Town Road, mm-hmm. i.e. other things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And then he talks about... Um, he talks about classical music as well and how there's like this new wave of classical comp- composers mm-hmm. creating great new classical music that the the gatekeepers don't want you to hear as he says so yeah. it's uh it's not a, he said it's not the problem isn't in a lack of good music good new music it's an institutional failure to discover and nurture it mm. Mm. yeah i don't know how this can't make you feel a little uh <laughs> sad about, <laughs> just, frankly just a little sad about the future of the industry um but he, you know he he ends the article in a very upbeat if you will or a very positive way uh, i think because he says you know kind of out of these crises come new forms mm-hmm. and it becomes the situation where we least expect it and goes the exam give the example of you know elvis and how elvis came out of a situation where you know he was from the poor state and the, you know the deep south and nobody expect that rock and roll would, would sweep everything in his path as he says he talks about the british invasion and he talks about hip-hop as well and so maybe there's something to look forward to but i don't know man i think that he says at the end he says musical revolutions come from the from the bottom up not mm-hmm. the top down yep. the ceos are the last to know mm-hmm. that's what gives me solace New music always arises in the least expected place, and when the power brokers aren't even paying attention, it will happen again. It certainly needs to. The decision makers are controlling our music institutions have lost the thread. We're lucky that the music is too powerful for them to kill. Mm. Moment of silence. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I I think it's it's a challenge for everybody. And you know, yeah. he talks even he even talks about for the people covering music. Mm-hmm. Who are trying to put new things in front? Journalist himself has right. He speaks to his 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 uh, his responsibility as a writer mm-hmm. and talking to curators. He talks about you know new musicians and people just trying to move the culture forward, move the conversation fo- mm-hmm. forward. And it's just a challenging environment right now. Yeah. And I think it's going to take a lot of a lot more unified effort. Mm-hmm. Too, but at the same time, it's just like okay. What would this encourage for artists to do? Like, what would how what strategies would this employ right now? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would I would just throw my papers up. Like, oh damn, I thought I was moving right. Like, I, I got this TikTok hit, and people don't care. <laughs> they want to listen to some 2015 shit. <laughs> Someone who might not be as talented as me. Like, bro, this is cra-. and you know we talk like I said before we talk so much about craft, but it's not just the craft; it's the business too. Clearly, like you can have a great song and it could be marketed well. And people still be like, eh, no, nah, no. Nah. I'm about to go stream this 2014 joint. Like, nah. nah. Yeah. It's weird. It's, it, it, this is, like I've said so many times, this was a very eye opening, fear inducing article. Not for me, but for the artists coming up. Like, I, I do not envy the position you guys are in because you're right. competing for attention between these legacy acts from the current mainstream mm-hmm. icons. Yeah. From, like you're competing for people's attention and people are looking behind them. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're yeah. not looking forward to see what you're doing. They're, they're looking behind. 
Yeah. If it's between your new EP and Dirty Sprite 2, they they going to play they're, Dirty Sprite 2. They maybe yeah. Which it's uh crazy, man. I'm 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 at a loss. I'm not at a loss for often, but I'm at a loss loss of words. No, I I definitely think it poses this question for artists to really think of your why, mm-hmm. of why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Because your why and your how. Your your how is very important. Mm-hmm. The why will I think sustain you. Mm-hmm. When when things when the how is not hidden, yeah. Even if you have a strong how, mm-hmm. right? You're executing, you're putting out music consistently. Your content is strong. Your visuals are strong, mm-hmm. and things don't seem to be landing the way they're supposed to land. And I feel I feel like even nowadays too, for artists that I may be early to, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like the runway is so long yep. with artists for them to break consciousness. For example, Amber Mark, yep. right? I've been knowing about Amber since 17, 2018. Mm-hmm. and is what is this? Four or five years later, where mm-hmm. things and she's consistently released. Yeah, she's putting you know work, and so I'm just like, man, is, is it's taking that long right now for people who are signed to major labels or have distribution with major labels mm-hmm. to get out there? And I think you know, I, I blame <laughs> I blame labels a lot. <laughs> I blame labels a lot because mm-hmm. I mean they are the stewards of the culture for music. You know, like they have they're the banks. They have the the resources mm-hmm. to put out what they think is dope right mm-hmm. but everyone keeps playing these safe bets mm-hmm. and i was talking you know earlier when he uh referencing in this article when he said he used to um when he used to consult for for fortune 500 companies mm-hmm. is that people are just so stuck in their freaking ways and they don't want to uh move on so he says he says uh I, he said, I learned the danger of, of excessive caution long ago when I, he said, when I consulted for Fortune 500 companies. Mm-hmm. The single biggest problem I encountered, shared by virtually every large company I analyzed, was investing too much of their time and money into defending old ways of doing business rather than building mm-hmm. new ones. We even had a proprietary tool for quantifying this misallocation of resources that spelled out the mistakes in precise dollars and cents. Senior management hated hearing this and always insisted that defending the old business units was their safest bet. After I encountered this embedded mindset again and again and saw its consequences, I reached the painful conclusion that the safest path is usually the most dangerous. If you pursue a strategy, whether in business or your personal life, that avoids all risk, you might flourish in the short run, but you flounder over the long term. That's what's happening now in the music business. And we think about the music now. Why do we? Why are we always coming on here talking about? You know, we play a song and be like, "It was cool. Mm-hmm. It was like I, I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. I respect it." We're saying all these things. We have no thoughts on. We have no. There's a mo- no emotional draw. It's because it's safe. Yeah, and they're there's, putting there's out stuff too that's much. safe. There's too much of it too. Like, I, I, this this whole thing makes me think about how easy it is now to access music, to access artists. It's easier to get on, but it's harder to breakthrough and yes. becomes a lot that of noise person yeah because like i said before you're competing for people's attention you're competing with so many other people and a lot of this stuff is very similar it's 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 very parallel and if you stand out too much people get like oh nah nah that's weird that's, that's yeah, yeah yeah like yeah. you're too different nah, right, like, right, why, right you should do what this person does but right. do it better everyone's trying to do what everyone else is doing right. better than everyone else rather than being different 
<laughs> this is crazy, bro. This is crazy. no. It's, it's, there's a lot to think about, a lot to consider from all angles, mm-hmm. from people who are trying to make their way up into labels, mm-hmm. right? From people who are trying to make their way as journalists, as curators, as DJs, even talking for DJs, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talks about you know the pandemic being to blame, and yeah. then, you know he says, well, is it the lack of talent that new music? But it's not that. There's talented people out here who have you know putting effort towards the craft, who are like you said handling the why and the how and it seems to be airtight it's just there's a lot of noise right now but i think with what would encourage me if i was you know as a as an artist but it would encourage me if i was another artist thinking about this i would think and say there's a lot of artists right now that you may not know like we talk about for example jpeg mafia right uh-huh. jpeg mafia souls be sold out uh-huh. most people have probably never heard one song of his jpeg mafia is dope right uh-huh. and he's he's off the beaten path he's alternative uh-huh. But artists, there are artists out there who are eating mm-hmm. because they are dialed in to their to their fan base and what their listeners like. Mm-hmm. And so I think what is more important and imperative more than ever is understanding and trying to get the attention of what listeners would vibe with your music, mm-hmm. right? Not casting a wide net so much all the time. Focus on your core. Cast a, yeah. a cast a bunch more frequently cast medium nets i mm-hmm. feel like and try to get people and bring them in mm-hmm. then let your nets get bigger because you need to do more and more and more mm-hmm. and so i think there's for artists you know for artists who are trying to be different or artists who know that they have something to offer that's not just the regular commercial stuff i would encourage you to really focus on understanding your marketing understanding the metrics and how to get out to your people who have supported you or are interested in what you're doing mm-hmm. so, yeah, music industry is tough. You know, a lot of people are trying to get on the same platforms and dominate the uh, the same things, but there are other other uh other avenues for you. So, you know, definitely as as upsetting as this article could be to read and to accept um, you know, there there as Nick said, there is something within this that should encourage you to just like, you know, do your thing. I got a question um, for you. Go ahead. So, we're talking, we talk a lot about the artist, the artist side, right? But mm-hmm. the journalist side too, even when you're trying to pitch stories about artists that you really believe in, you think are dope, doing something different. Mm-hmm. What's that like feeling stifled? Have you, I'm sure you've, you've been, you know, we just talked about one mm-hmm. before yeah. the, we recorded. Yeah. Being stifled by the system, it feels like, you know, people don't care about that. What does that feel like as someone who is, you know, a cultural commentator? It's definitely tough, um, you know, when you know you can write a really good story. You can do something. You can write something that will make people care about someone that they didn't care about before. It's dope. But at the end of the day, in reality, these publications are owned by big companies. And how they get their their ad space, their money, their, you know, their, their SEO, all that is writing about the big names that people already know about. Um, you know, so it's tough. So I, I have a lot of respect for the publications that are focused on indie artists and upcoming artists like Passion of the Weiss does a really good job with, um, you know, focusing on underground type artists. Um, who else? No one else really comes to mind because a lot of these publications are shooting for the really big names. Um, so right. it's it's tough, man. It's definitely tough. Um, but, um, you know, for me, it's kind of like I... I accepted maybe like last year that I just have to whatever I'm covering and if it's dictated to me by an editor I just got to do the absolute best I can with that story and make it make it as dope as possible and uh you know pitches rejections just don't take them personally because it's going to happen you know th- th- it's a business at the end of the day and you know I talk all the time bit the marriage of business and art sucks because yeah. what's important for the art 
may not be important to the people who care about the dollar signs. So um, it's tough, man. It's tough, but you know, there's always just starting a medium page and writing about what you want. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> Write about what you Plug want. Plug the medium page. You know, put put people on to something and you might not get paid for it, but that's okay. Because, um, you know, I, while I do do it for the money, I do it for the love more than anything. And, um, yeah, these, these are corporations at the end of the day. <laughs> Capitalism is, is, is key for better, but usually for worse. So, yeah. Wow. Shout out Ted Joya. For sure. Great, great article. I, I, I think I want to like reread it. Yeah, really like. I'm gonna read it again. I've read it yeah. twice. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a read, y'all. It is a read. You know, yeah, you, you got you got to sit down. It's it's not no quick. <laughs> it ain't no scroll through the phone article. Yeah. Like you you might want to put it put it on the laptop. <laughs> a few, you're right, and there's a few things we didn't even get to on it. But take just, some notes. Nah, I I think I think it's definitely something that if you're call yourself a music fan, mm-hmm. music curator, music executive, any mm-hmm. of that, I think everyone should be reading this because it's affecting every it's permeating throughout the industry mm-hmm. so check it out 100 100 so that is our board meeting and that is this episode of stay busy with armand sather like we said busy black busy black businesses month is coming very soon we are opening february in a very very strong way you do not want to miss it um make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at stay busy pod make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel so you can see our beautiful faces and outfits and um yeah just stay tuned because we got we got these next couple months we, we hitting y'all over the head with some shit for sure for sure so it's the boy armand vegan choice so poppy my guy nick early kombucha king that makes your heart sing what's what, what what's the drink today i don't think you said uh the... yeah so i i am the yerba mate yankee mm, okay. you know what i'm saying okay um you know, we we sipping on this. This is a uh, mint flavored mm. yerba mate. I believe is like a coffee alternative. It's a tea. Okay. It's a tea, but it, it is it comes. I it hails from South America, I believe. Oh. Yeah, it's All amazing. Right. Well, good. It's fire. Make sure you y'all get y'all some yerba mate. But more importantly, make sure that you stay safe, stay humble, stay busy. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy. Taking time, getting right if you miss me yeah, yeah. I'm now yeah, the worst yeah, yeah. Yeah. Monday's 9 a.m. Monday's 9 a.m. Party with a gang Every week tell a friend Every week tell a friend Busy over every day Busy boys, I call now Ain't you heard? Ain't you heard? Got the vibes Got the vibes Let's put you on Put you on Got the slides Got the slides I'm the size, I'm the size, running down, know you hold it down. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy, taking time, getting right. If you miss me.